Life Stories, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by AppJudo for your software needs, BulletPad for building lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by donations from our listeners, folks like you. I'm Kira Van Ittersom, and today's story is A Mother's Friend, copyright 2007. This segment of Love Stories is sponsored by AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. The Japanese word judo means the gentle way. The martial art of judo got this name because it signifies maximum efficiency and mutual welfare and benefit. AppJudo follows these same principles in all of its software development projects, using the best technologies and computer science principles to serve clients' needs elegantly and intelligently. AppJudo prides itself on building attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. And now, here's today's love story. A Mother's Friend Years ago, when her first son was off to college and her second son was a teenager working to become an Eagle Scout, Mary and her husband Chuck supported his scout troop on some camping outings. They would all caravan from near the thumb of mid-Michigan, north, to a rural location where the scouts had a beautiful campground alongside an idyllic lake not too far from Traverse City. On those camping outings, the dads would usually oversee the merit badge activities, while some of the moms would do what moms do best, serve up food and play mom to every young camper in need of a hug or a warm listening ear. It was on one of these outings that Mary got to know her young friend, Theo. Theo was a talker. As they sat at long tables under the big chow canopy after dinner, watching the older boys play cards, Theo told Mary all about his life. She learned that his parents were divorced, and he also told her about all of his scouting achievements, which badges he had earned, and in detail all about how he had earned them and who had been present as he had moved through the ranks. He had an engaging personality, and you wouldn't get too far into a conversation with Theo without realizing that he was exceptionally bright for a boy his age. He knew a lot, not only about camping and scouting, but also about life in general. In fact, Mary had decided that Theo was a real student of life. He just loved to drink in information. Anything he didn't know, he wanted to know. Thus, Theo asked a lot of questions, many for which Mary had no answers. Yes, he sure kept her on her toes and made Mary keenly aware of the fact that despite her age, there was a whole lot of stuff she didn't yet know. And the more he talked, the more Theo reignited her desire to do better. Even though his brilliance left Mary feeling awkward at times, it was Theo's enthusiasm that always carried the day. He truly was a joy to be around. Time passed, and Mary's son finally got that Eagle Scout award, and then he too moved off to college. 
So Chuck and Mary no longer went on those scout camping trips. Soon after that, when Michigan began to experience its hard economic downturn, Mary started looking at some ways to add to her family's immediate cash. One thing she pursued in earnest was selling products at weekend art fairs. Just as she was gearing up to begin that endeavor, Mary, by chance, bumped into Theo in town one day. Though he had started out as a chunky little guy with big teeth and a huge grin, now as an older fellow, he had become lean and handsome. Theo had that same eager personality. He chatted on and on about his life. He said that he would be attending college himself in the fall. Mary was happy for him. As they talked more, he shared that he was doing some odd work to earn money before school started. That's when Mary got the bright idea to ask Theo to join her in setting up at her first show. She knew he was bright and high energy, and that's just the kind of helper she needed. This turned out to be a really great decision on Mary's part, because if she thought highly of Theo before working with him, she was even more impressed after that first day on the job. It was as if he had written a book on how to conduct a sales booth. He expertly set up Mary's tent with all of his scout know-how on knot tying coming in really handy. He positioned her products and engaged her customers like he'd been doing this all his life. Together, they made a ton of money that day, and they also had a whole lot of fun. Mary called Theo again later to invite him to join her at another weekend fair. But by that time, he'd already landed a great full-time summer job working for a real estate firm in town. Mary wasn't surprised. Life went on, and Theo went off to college, attending U of M, where Mary's Eagle Scout son had gone. One day, when Mary's son came home for a weekend visit, Theo's name came up in conversation, and that's when Mary's son Brent shared that he wasn't quite positive, but he had heard a rumor that Theo had recently died on campus. Mary couldn't believe what she was hearing. She went immediately to her computer to look up the obituaries. And there it was. Theo had passed on only a few weeks before. Mary sat stunned, thinking sadly of her dear friend, someone so full of life and promise, gone at such a young age. It took her a while to gather her thoughts and her feelings, but not long after that discovery, Mary sat down to write his family a letter. She addressed the letter to his father, because Theo had told her, as they rode out that July weekend to her Pinckney art fair, that his mom had just died. Dear Ted and family, We have just learned the very sad news of Theo's passing. It hit me most personally with a heavy thud. I so loved your Theo. From our first days at scout camp, where he was so inquisitive about everything, he took up major real estate in my heart. Let me share a story of the last time I spent with Theo. We worked together on a stormy July 4th weekend. I had asked him to help me sell crystals at an art fair in Pinckney. He shared his excitement over his future plans as we made the long drive out to Pinckney that Saturday morning. I also learned of his mom's bipolar condition. 
and of her death. Despite everything, he was high-spirited and true to his nature, eager to help. What an amazing soul he was. He pitched right in and set up my sales tent. He lugged the extremely heavy boxes from my beat-up old escort wagon across the lawn of the art fair site. We had been placed in the center of the affair, with no easy access, so setting up was quite a task. Once all that major work was done, Theo used his skills organizing my stock boxes on the floor behind us. We had a tiered display of 400 crystals in front of us. Once an item was sold, he quickly replaced it from those boxes. Most people had never seen laser-cut crystals before, making our booth the hit of the fair. Soon we were mobbed. Theo was a trooper. He was great with the people, personable, and helpful. It was my first day in business, can you imagine? Yet Theo did everything like a pro. In truth, he worked circles around me that day. When a major storm blew in, more than once, he helped me to hold the tent down. During lulls, he made rounds throughout the place, bringing me food when he returned, along with the stories of sales success or failure he had gathered from the other booths. He said we were outselling everyone. Yes, he took great pride in his accomplishments, and I was always confident that both my crystals and my money would be safe with Theo. I trusted him, plain and simple. On Sunday morning, the rain came in buckets as we drove back out to Pinckney. Thinking that no one would come shopping, we wouldn't have bothered going if it weren't for the fact that we had to retrieve my sales tent and products. When we got there late, people formed a line even before we could get the tent sides rolled up. Our sales continued despite the downpours. My husband Chuck drove out later in his little old rusty truck. he just finished doing a one-day crystal show in Fenton. He reported that his sales were very good, too. All of us were excited, but weary. So we took down the tent, loaded up our stuff, and headed our ragtag caravan to Howell for dinner. We ate really great steaks at a cozy restaurant. Theo talked about his dreams, and each of us shared about our weekend selling tactics. It was fun, and that day, we were family. Theo's eyes widened when I laid a stack of cash beside his plate. It was a lot of money for a youngster, but he had earned every penny of it. I was happy to give, and he was grateful to receive. I could not have been more proud of him. When we were told recently that Theo had died, I did an online search and sat in stunned silence. He has been gone for over a month. It's small comfort that he is buried just up the street from my home in the Evergreen Cemetery. My mind still can't get around it. How? Why? I truly grieve as I know you do too. It's a wound that won't soon heal. I am very sorry for all of us. He lives in my memory as a bright light, and he is deeply missed. We're so sorry for your loss. The Riley family, Chuck, Mary, and Brent. A few days later, Theo's dad, Ted, called to thank Mary for her beautiful letter. 
and as he talked about his son, she could see that the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Ted, too, was a talker, and he found in Mary someone who could listen with just the right ears. Theo had had a party and gotten in a bit over his head. Things didn't turn out well. That letter had meant a lot to Ted, just as Theo had meant so very much to Mary. She told Ted that she was pretty sure that Providence had lined her and Theo up for one another, as Theo had just lost his mom, and Mary had been missing her own dear sons, experiencing a sort of empty nest syndrome. When Mary hung up, she shed a few tears, and then she went into her living room and switched on the revolving light beneath her angel crystal and watched as the angel image inside of it danced in the sparkling light and cast changing colors throughout the room. And she was pretty sure that somewhere Theo was smiling. And now I'd like to thank another special sponsor of my show. This segment of Love Stories was sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad's a great tool for writers and thinkers, featuring a simple but powerful toolbar above the keyboard to help you navigate your text with arrow keys and to change the indent of your bullet points. Use drag and drop to move your bullet points anywhere in the list. Use the zoom in feature to drill down on any section of your list or use zoom out to get the big picture view. BulletPad is available now for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. I want to thank you for being with me today. You can subscribe to this podcast by going to iTunes Podcast. Just look for the Love Stories podcast produced by the Better Living Institute. You can also find Love Stories at our website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com where you will see all of our podcast articles and products. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends and family. For the Better Living Institute, this is Kira Van Ittersom. I hope you'll join me next time. So long, everyone.